everyone. Welcome to the new media show course. My name is Todd Cochran. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific, Todd. How about you? Uh, no complaints, but uh, I, I see you have a new sign. So, Oh, I, oh you do? Okay. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to have to get a new sign in, in the room. <laughs> I'll put a big fat one right there. It says Blueberry Podcasting. <laughs> Well, you have a spot right, right, right between your Red Bull, um, cap yeah. and your monitor there. You could, you could fit a little sign there. Oh, it wouldn't be very hard at all. No, it wouldn't. So anyway, what's happening? Well, um, I don't know. I, I got to play around a lot in, um, Twitter spaces last night. Learned oh. a lot about, a lot about that. Actually, I, I. I just sent you an email <clears throat> with a screenshot to your geek news. So I don't know if you, you know, at some point you want to pull it up on the screen so people can see what it looks like. I, okay. I'm sure that there are people that are getting pulled into this new spaces thing, but I thought it was an interesting development and Twitter's different strategy here. I learned a little bit about it. So what'd you so, do? Get an invite to that? Well, yeah, if you follow somebody or if they follow you uh, and they happen to be one of the 500 beta testers oh. that Twitter has identified out there to to uh, test um, host um, spaces sessions, then it shows up in your, your scrolling bar at the top of your Twitter app um, that has the, the, the round, the small round images uh -huh. and it basically it it's a different kind of presentation, but you just click on that and it takes you into the room. <laughs> Do you see what I put up on my screen? <laughs> <laughs> but I also have the, the new media show logo there too. So there you go. I'm just teasing. I'll switch it. Back. I know you are. I know you are. That's, but I think you, you should have a blueberry sign behind you. I think that's, that would yeah, be a point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at the email you sent me and uh okay, I don't know if I can let me see if I can save this image and then maybe I can bring it up the screen it'll be better. Put it on the desktop. Rob. Yeah, I won't be able to see it, but yeah. yeah. So what I see, oh uh, no, can I do this? Well, all right, let me see if I can show what I'm seeing. So what I'm seeing here, it says Nicholas Morrows, and then it's got your thing. It says, at, at Rob Greenley, give a watch to the latest Buzz and Podcast and meet him in the, in the on-demand video replay. Is that what you sent me? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, oh, it's all, oh, it's all one, one screenshot. So when a session is going on, the, the host can share a link at the top of the page to something that's being talked about. Uh -huh. So they brought me in there to, you know, and they talked a little bit about podcasting and, and they, the host put that link, which was basically a tweet up at the top of the page. So uh -huh. that, that's why that's up there. Well, for the first time in ages, Macs are computers too. My Mac just crashed. What? Yeah, just crashed. I don't know uh, what happened, but it's okay. Uh, We're still online. So, so Macs do crash, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. 
That was really weird. It just blinked and and died on me. Wow. All right, that's, that's back. Weird. Yeah, it is really weird. Yeah. So it's coming back. Okay. Well, that's a good sign. Maybe it's time for a new MacBook Pro. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, everything's everything's restoring here. But well, so what was your then? What what's your impression? What do you think? Do you think they're going to give a run for the money? Um, it's a it's a little different model compared to Clubhouse. Uh, they're they feel like these rooms or these sessions need to be more more impromptu um, and also not uh, themed um, to have just a person. Oh, so um, it's just your name versus a right. Exactly. It's a different, it's a completely different thing. So you bring people into the room, mm-hmm. uh, or those people join the room, I guess it's a opt in thing. And, um, anybody in the room can speak. It's just a matter of turning your, your, your positioning from being a listener to a speaker. So the host doesn't have control. Oh, I like who, that. Who actually has the ability to speak. Hmm. So, so the topics can be very can be all over the map. It can be current events. It can be whatever people want to talk about. It doesn't have to be focused on a particular topic. Right. Um, and there's also all sorts of emoji, you know, emojis that you can trigger on your, your little round icon to, to clap or to give a hundred percent or, you know, to favor things. Plus it also has a built in capability of transcripts too, mm. which I thought was interesting. It's not working right now. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a different approach there isn't clubs, right? That it's like in clubhouse where you, I don't even know how you make a club in clubhouse. I guess you have to be a superhero over there to get it. Yeah. You have to be a fairly heavy user. Plus you have to apply for it. Yeah. That is what that's not even an option in my lineup. Right. So, so that's what's going on over there and that's, what's quite different than spaces. And I did hear, um, this is just a rumor, but I heard that, um, uh, that the Instagram folks may be working on a uh, Spaces and Clubhouse competitor uh, right now as well. There's rumors that Facebook uh, maybe could wind up buying Clubhouse. So you see these this this medium starting to really kind of heat up and a lot of people taking interest. Um, and so I applied to be a Twitter Spaces host, and I'll have two. There's an application process. Actually, it's in my Twitter feed. Uh, if you wanted to go in and and apply to be a um, a host of Twitter Spaces, I guess they're they're looking for more hosts and they're going to scale it up. Huh. Yeah, so you that's, know that's what I learned about it. I, I agree. Tom Webster posted something on Facebook about Clubhouse, and right. yeah, I, saw I, that. I was one hundred percent in agreement. It's become now clicky. I go into rooms and it's the same six, seven people, right. same six, seven people, same six, seven people. Yeah. And that to me is, you know, I was in the, I was in a room for three hours yesterday. Um, yeah, that's happened to me before. And just, too. I, and just, you know, I, I'm not expecting to get called up or anything, yeah. but, uh, couldn't even, I don't even, couldn't even raise a hand to say I had something to say. So I don't know yeah, what the story with yeah, that is. Yeah, they have that feature in Clubhouse where you can turn off um, people even even raising the hand because right. they want to say something. So that's dramatically what's different about Clubhouse compared to um, to Spaces. Yeah, um, 
that may be good. It may be bad depending on, you know, how things, what the content are, well, is and the subjects. Well, right? why go into an event where you can't even participate? That was my whole thing. It's just like, okay. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, at a conference, right, Todd? I mean, a lot of sessions at a conference, you go in and you listen, you know, but there's always question and answer time. Right. And it turns into a little bit of a popularity contest. Right. That's true too. And if the people on stage know you or know of you and they, they're more likely to invite you up on the stage. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. Right. So, you know, one of the, one of the rooms requires you to put their damn logo on your face to even be called up. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, why, that's, that's the Steve Ulsher. Um, yeah. Why would I put club pod on my face if I, well, it's a, it's a vote of loyalty is what it is, right? It's, but, Let's call it, let's call a spade a spade on that. All right. Well, at the same point, you know, if you are, the, how does people know who you are? You know? Well, there's, I, there's extensive profiles. I mean, there's people in there that have, <clears throat> you know, 2000 words in their profile. <laughs> Is that, I think that's a little extreme, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they didn't limit the amount of characters. That, right. You know, when you, you can add. <laughs> You know, you can add graphics in there. There's going to be a whole industry of people making, you know, how help you with your clubhouse profile. I'm sure there's businesses already that's popped up for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's going to be um, whole enterprises that are popping up to support this. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to get snapped up pretty fast by one of the bigger social platforms. And then it'll all change. Won't be the same mm -hmm. as soon as that happens. Yeah. No. I don't know though. We'll see. Time will tell. I I heard that they got a bunch of bunch of money invested in them. Yeah. Uh, here in the last couple of weeks. So. So just as a little bit of information here, uh the goldenmikes.com uh, e uh domain name is up for bid. Really? <laughs> Current <laughs> bid is $12. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So if you if you want to bid for the goldenmikes.com Rob, <laughs> why would I want to do that? <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I, I just a little bit of a flashback to the right to last February. Right? Yeah. $12. Wow. Well, I might even put a bid in for 50 bucks on that one. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know There's what I would use there. There's some value there. You think so? No, I'm just kidding. Well, who knows? You know, Well, I'm surprised it wasn't grabbed up by the, the awards that actually uses that. Well, name. it was pointed to something else before, and this is just now it's up for sale now. Oh, they've, maybe they dropped that particular award name. Yeah. Who knows? See where it's pointed to now. Yeah. It's pointing towards GoDaddy auction. So <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said something because now 50 people will go over and bid on the stupid thing. Well, that's all right. I don't think that there's any need to jump into that. Um, so I did notice that, um, Patreon, I guess, signed a deal with, uh, Joe Budden, the podcaster, Joe Budden. I thought that was for, for an exclusive podcast, you know, podcast related activity. Yet, yet his uh, podcast is still out on public availability. Yeah. So it must be, they signed him to do special events, um, probably on, on Patreon probably. 
is my guess. But I thought that was interesting. And and thank you, James Cridlin, but I'm pulling some of this stuff from his newsletter. Okay. But, and many of you probably heard about all this stuff. But um, I guess in 2020, the headliner platform um, had – um, what, 272,000 new users. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how many podcasts are out there, right, and, right. you know, mainly who's using that platform is podcasters. So that's a pretty good chunk yeah, of we, the active podcast market. I know you guys integrated, we integrated. Matter of fact, we got rid of some of our social promotion tools mm-hmm. largely because they just, you know, they're, they're doing it, de- they're doing it better. You know, they're Dave, right. they build it. That's their focus. And I don't have right. to, you know, keep connections to Facebook and keep fake connections to Twitter and all this other stuff that continues to break all the time because they change the right. rules. Right. So. Yeah. That's been a real issue over the last year or so is the social platforms changing the API structures and breaking things and yeah. not letting anybody know about it. And so, all of a sudden you get a ticket, say, Hey, I can't publish to Facebook no more. or I can't push to YouTube. Right. And. It wasn't it anything that makes, we, <coughs> makes the host look bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we it's, still have the connection with the folks from Audioburst. So that in itself too is its own social promotion tool beyond transcripts. So, right. That's true. um, and yeah. they've got a pro package now as well, which is uh, pretty nice. So there's, you know, there's, there's different ways to mix things up, uh, with, with social promotion and yeah. Hey, Todd, I was thinking about the, the other day, um, you know, how we keep talking about um, advertisers buying into larger numbers of shows is is something, you know, if we want to scale the advertising business and podcasting. Um, and I was hearing a an agency person out of, uh, I think it was the UK, that was talking about how, you know, they work with brands in the UK and they want to buy ad campaigns on podcasts, you know, with you know, podcasters that will reach their target audience and, and their, their default is to work with the, the more familiar names. Right. Um, and I, I got to thinking about this, I, I go, you know, why, I mean, what are some of the reasons why? And she shared some of them is it's, it's just, it's easier for one thing, right? It's harder to know whether or not a smaller show uh, reaches the the market that they want to reach because I'm not sure that there's really. Uh, I was thinking about this. Chartable is doing a okay job of kind of aggregating hosts and things like that, but I don't know that there's a searchable and maybe you know of this, Todd, a searchable database that an advertiser can come into and search for certain types uh, of podcasts that are open to advertising. Um, th- that have been broken out by some level of, you know, analysis of their demographic there's a profiles few, or there's or a few like sites that. that have done that, but only for the shows they rep. Right. Exactly. But, but more broadly across the industry but, to help advertisers, you know, find shows that are, have good reputations that have decent sized audiences. They don't have to be huge audience numbers, mm-hmm. but to do those things that we've been talking about for years is buying across 200 shows. So how can we facilitate brands having some sort of a comfort in that purchase process? You know, I think that what brands need to realize is they still have to trust folks like us to do that work. Right. They're not going to know. How can they know? But that's not going to scale, Todd. If, 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 
No, it you know? it absolutely scales. The well, problem I mean, is, is they to you specifically is what I'm saying, right? And saying I want to buy this, and you have to do all the analysis for them. Well, Libsyn can do that. We can do yeah. that. Well, sure, sure. But they don't. But ac- more broadly across the industry of finding shows, it, it just feels like it's a they. They have to first of all. They have to. How else are they going to get? Okay, so an individual show, unless they're part of a network, and I want to talk about that today, there's no way that Brian is ever going to find the shows, ever, ever find right. all the shows. Unless they go to the Apple podcast and they take the top 500 shows there and contact them individually, they're not going to, that, 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 that doesn't work. You know how much work that is? So, I know. Well, that's where technology needs to be applied here. And I keep thinking about these transcript companies that are, you know, that are popping up or whatever that are pulling context out of these audio shows. You know, th- there's got to be a way. I mean, I hate to think about it. This, I mean, well, no. I mean, it just feels like there's some solution that isn't going to violate users' privacy, mm-hmm. and but yet can help a brand better target the type and type of shows and be able to scale it across many, many shows. Yeah. That's all. I just, it's gotta be some sort of, I mean, there's a business opportunity there. It feels like (laughs) the problem is, is it exists already, but it's, they're not, there's nothing, not across the whole industry. No, no, but I, you know, I can essentially work with almost any show. So yeah. Right. And you've done that. Right. You've run campaigns across 200 shows before. About 500. <laughs> well, <laughs> on yeah. a single buy. You know, but. But, but the, I think you use software to do that. Yeah, though, absolutely. Right? Something that right. we, yeah, an internal tool we have. But it's identifying which shows to add to the. That's to part the of campaign. our. That's part of our tool. <laughs> right, right. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about. I mean, if we're going to scale the advertising business, because I, I just feel this tension. Every time I go into a clubhouse room, one of the questions is, well, I want to monetize my show. How can I monetize my show? And it's just like, you know, people run through the the list, you know, the advertising, the sponsorship, the, the paid premium. And it just feels like it's that the whole desire for this is ramping up. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the secret sauce that we built. So someone can build something on their own. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. Right. You know, but when someone comes to me with an RFP and we have a conversation, then I use information from that conversation to spit out a list. Right. But then I still have to do homework. I have to look at each of those shows individually. I know their stats. You know, I already know what they're running three month averages. I I got all that information in front of me in a dashboard. So then it's just a matter of sampling the content, making sure it's good. We've already gotten agreements in place with podcasters. So right. then it's just right. like click, 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 add to the campaign. But yeah. the, still the bigger problem always ends up being in recent years is I send over a list of, let's say, 20 shows, not 500, 20. Then right. a media buyer, and I, and I don't include the downloads per episode on each show. I just are a running average. I just include them a total cost for that entire package. Right. And then they come back, well, we want to see the downloads for each show. And I'm like, no, because I don't want you cherry picking. 
Right. And yeah, you have to buy all of them. Right. This the second right. I put the downloads per episode on the 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 media buy form, then the advertiser comes back to me and picks three. And then I say, okay, right. you're not, okay, now you don't reach my, see who's come to my, she, oh. here, here, Pern. Maybe he's an aspiring podcaster. Yeah, uh, my aspiring podcaster. She had her, she's. See, she, I've got a mic for my cat back here Yeah, I, Rob, you know, oh. yeah, that picture is. <laughs> that was weird. I had feedback coming in somewhere. Oh, really? it, was, it was Siri talking to me. Siri, be quiet. Oh. Right. Oh my goodness. Um, where was I at? I was talking about the. So anyway, they, they'll they'll pick three, and right. then I'm like, okay, now you're under minimum budget spend, <laughs> you know, because I have a minimum budget spend, right. and uh, you know, they then they or they come in and want to do a thirty day buy. I say, no, I'm not, I, I do not do 30 day buys because you'll do a 30 day buy. You're going to be pissed off and you're never going to come back. Right. You know, all these yeah, companies, work for you. all right. these, it works for a monster show maybe, but when you're, when you have all levels of shows and all different levels of, of repetitiveness and let's say they're biweekly or weekly or whatever they may be, I always tell the, you know, one month is not enough. When you're doing, if you if you got a show that's got three hundred thousand people listening to it per episode, you can do a one right. month buy. Yeah, and you're that's gonna, not too bad. Right. And, and you're going to spend a bunch of money. Right. But when you're when let's say let's say that you put a camp let's okay let's say you're going to deliver a million impressions, or a million downloads, not impressions, a million downloads over a thirty day period. Right. If you do that with a show that has two hundred fifty thousand listeners per episode, they're going to get four huge spots in it. Right. And they're definitely going to move the needle because those audience are just massive. Now the difference really is, and it's some, you know, maybe these smaller shows are listened to a little differently. I don't know. But what I find is there's always a two week up ramp, two weeks right. to get on performance on campaigns. Right. When you have, lots of shows because you know you, let's say you launch the campaign on a monday let's say they did their episode on sunday right there's always a lag there's a lag right. right it's not like google um you know adwords links when you're buying right. one show right. you can plan it to say okay the show comes out on tuesday we're going to start the campaign on tuesday and run it for 30 days Th that but when you're running multiples and you i just i i, I tell that to media buyers and they're their brains explode. They don't get it. And be like, okay, remember this show here, which is, let's say it's the number one show in that campaign. They're, they're not going to drop for six days <laughs> from when this campaign starts. And then the second spot will drop another six days later, two weeks. Don't call me, but they do. But it's the, it's the instant gratification of digital that exists out there. I mean, I saw this in the very early days when I was doing advertising with my radio show. People want instant results because that's what they've seen happen with banner campaigns and other forms of uh, digital advertising. And it doesn't work that way in podcasting. So I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, someone said Refonic, R-E-P-H-O-N-I-C is a website that has some of this information on. But yeah, I heard that there was some activity at podcast.com. 
uh, co, um, is doing some things too, of trying to group podcasts together for ad agencies. So, but it's always like these little pockets of right. people trying to do something, but there's nothing that kind of covers the whole medium. So, and a lot of times the, like these brand awareness campaigns, they got serious trust issues. They want every show vetted every show they want that, you know, they have to, and they can't, right. they're not internally going to be able to scale unless they trust me or you to do that heavy lifting. When I, right. when I come them to a list, I've already spent eight hours. Right. Or 12 or 16 or whatever. You know, people yeah. say when I have customers come and say, why do you have a minimum spend? It's public. My minimum spends five grand, five grand a month. Right. And they, and it's actually 10 grand because I make them do two months. Right. Well, why is your, why is your minimum spend 10 grand? <laughs> Cause I do the same amount of work for one show as I do for 50. Right. And getting that prepped and ready to go. So it's, there's going to be a solution in what and podcasters are not going to like it. It's programmatic and they're going to get well, that's crap. That's what's running at it right now. You know, it's it, that's in the problem with that is the podcaster loses control over right. what gets put into their content. That's, that's yeah. where we run afoul on the, the aspects of podcasting. And, and also you lose kind of any kind of influence on the actual content itself of the ad um, and how it r represents against your brand that you're trying to build. So, yeah, I mean, there's trade-offs. So I told the, and I tell them now minimum CPM is 25. I'm not taking anything less than 25 CPM now on host endorsed. Yeah. yeah. I, and matter of fact, it probably should be closer to 30 at this point. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. You know, and, and then they come and say they want to do programmatic. And I say, okay, what, what's your, what's your programmatic rate? And I hear six, eight, maybe 12. Right. It and, sometimes gets that high. And, and the problem, high. so the problem with that is that's gross. <laughs> that's not net. Right. So 12. Minus probably around 30%. Agency takes 15%. I know some platforms are 60, 40. So, Could, yeah. so that's, so, you know, that's even, well, I have some that are 70, 30 and some are 50, 50. Depends yeah, on, 50, yeah. depending right. on what the status, you know, if, if you are, if I can send you an email today and two days from now, we can be up on a campaign. You're 70, 30. If I send you an email today and respond in a week, you're 50, 50. Right. You know, it's, that's the kind of, that's the, you know, because podcasters don't check their email sometimes once a week. Right. Cause no one does email anymore, Rob. That's cause we're all getting so much of it. Right. Well, no podcasters that's just don't read their email. Well, that's why we're seeing a shift over more and more, you know, the, the community.com, which is the, the one where people are getting more connected with text messaging now because right. uh, the data showing that, you know, like 95% of every text message is, is read. I mean, that's just un, unheard of percentage compared to email Yeah, or it's like 2%. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
right? So it's yeah, I can see us heading more in that direction. But um, but let's talk. I I, I didn't know where you wanted ahead. to go, but I did have a conversation I wanted to have about networks. Yeah. Go ahead. So maybe it ties into this. Mm-hmm. You know, is it time that every podcast be part of a network? And I, you know, I'm starting to become of the realization based on exactly some of the stuff that we're talking about right here. Right. That if you truly want to monetize, you either have to build a network yourself or be part of a network that serves you well. And that there's someone that's in charge of that network that can deliver advertising to the group as a whole. Right. Or at least gets, gets an affiliation with an agency that uh, is willing to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, and I you know, I go back to the, the success that we had in the early days of podcasting, what we did with tech podcast, you right. know, we were, we were, that, that was really remarkable. That was a very, you know, because it made it easy. They just come in and they saw the 105 shows or whatever there was part of the network. And, we sold the stack, mm-hmm. you know, didn't matter if you had 50 downloads or if you had a thousand or a hundred thousand per episode, everyone in the stack got paid. Right. Cause everyone ran the ad. So. I mean, Todd, I fully anticipated that happening as well. I was just, you know, assuming that networks were going to be going to be the default monetization strategy going forward. Um, and then at some point I thought that the, the bigger networks were going to gobble up the smaller networks and we were going to see larger networks form based on acquisition of smaller networks. So, you know, you can kind of see how that might happen. So if you have a popular show and then you spin off a couple of shows, create a little mini network and a bigger network says, Oh, that looks like an interesting Mm -hmm. niche network. I'm going to, I'm going to merge or do a deal with them to pull them into my bigger network. Well, the problem is, is those, those networks and I'm, you know, here's the prime example. Okay. So let me tell you why that isn't happening. And I'm just going to use, no, 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 no. It's not that at all. Well, that probably has a factor in it. Okay. Nope. Nope. This is, this is, this is the reason right here. Now, this is the network I was referring to tech podcast network. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. So the way this is stacked out is the newest, the latest, newest, to oldest. So we've got Jeffrey, uh, has done a, 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 uh, a show in the last few days over at Geekazine It's actually video. And then next to that is the Q command podcast by Tommy Savoya. He just put out one on the fifth, but I go down here to the bottom of the network and uh, relative uk. Maybe they pod faded because the last one they put out was 2019, but here's the thing. These folks are part of the network, but guess what? Let me click on this little URL right here and take you over to the cubecommand.com. They're their own entity. They have their own website. Right. They don't, they aren't owned by tech podcasts. So the majority of networks, and this is what I, this is what I see from a client call situation is the network is starting. They've got five, six base shows that they own. Right. Whatever topic du jour. Right. It may be. And then five, six 
of their own core shows. And then they've invited 20 or 25 other shows to be part of the network. And mm-hmm. guess what? They're on their own dot coms. So when right. someone comes to you and this is what happens all the time at Blueberry too, media buyers don't understand. They say, Hey, we want to buy your shows. And I say, first of all, let me be very clear. Those they're not my shows. Right. I can represent the shows and I can put ad deals in front of them and, and they can opt in or opt out. I don't have any control. That blows media buyers' minds. It's right. same thing with a like tech podcast. I they could come and say, Hey, we want to buy your entire network. Well, I can't guarantee the entire network. And so if right. someone wants to come in and purchase a network, they're gonna say, Hey, we want to purchase this network. And you say, Well, we got five shows. <laughs> that right. we own and there's 25 they're external well there's no right it's it's the same thing that i saw at podcast one when i was working there because they had like maybe 12 or 13 of their own um owned shows owned but, shows you know like 150 of the other <laughs> right. shows that were affiliated with right. the network were also right. in the ad buys and what they would do is they would bundle um, bundle the shows with the owned and operated shows. They yep. would bundle the external shows with the owned and operated, but you're right. The, um, ad buyers were always interested in getting their show on, on Adam Carolla or something like that. And then, um, Norm would throw in a dozen other shows that were in a similar genre that were not necessarily owned by podcast yeah. one. So, but it's yeah. not just the media buyers, Rob, it's the acquisition piece. Right. That's well, why networks of, aren't being active. deal that you do with those other shows, right? right I mean, right. are they part, are they really part of the network or are they kind of just affiliated? Right. In most cases they're affiliated and they have some rights to sell into advertising and with escape clauses and everything else. Right. But that gets back to control. It That's also right. gets back to them wanting to get the full, um, you know, payment versus splitting it with a network, which is what you typically have to do. Well, yeah. Another thing that happens is, okay, so we saw this with tech podcasts and I don't blame the shows. Right. We had some shows that got very big, very Mm -hmm. big. Several of them are still online today. got very big. They do very well. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to do a split. So they resigned from the network and about, and then went and did their own deals where they didn't have to give the 30% cut right. back to the network. Right. It's the going direct part is right. what usually erodes this it, network relationship. That's right. Right. So when someone graduates, graduates right. to being able to do their own deals and not have to go through Todd yeah. or Rob or any, yeah. you know, then, so what, so what did that leave me then? Well, I went from being able to deliver, I had to adjust my campaigns. I used to, used to say, okay, I can deliver 11 million impressions a month or 11 million downloads a month. And then I go back and say, uh, we can only deliver 9.5. And then I become less viable as a network to buy in from a volume standpoint because I can't move as right. much volume as I used to. Plus, you also, as a network owner, you would probably invested a lot of time and resources promoting all these shows to get them up to the size. Right. Yeah. And then they move off and go go separate. So you basically really kind of got used a little bit. Well, the only thing that really played to my advantage was, is I had a clause that basically said, if you leave. Right. And we have Acme dynamite company as a sponsor. (laughs) Right. 
you can't do a direct deal with Acting Dynamite Company for 12 months. That's right. that's still mine. So 12 you for you that want, reason right for there, that right. reason that right. you so you go and get someone that's not your so I incentivized it though. I I did I said okay, that's eroding. I'm losing revenue because it's eroding. So then what I said to that podcaster that left, I said, listen, listen, if you introduce me to your, your advertiser, I will give you 10% off the top of the gross of any money that we get from that advertiser that comes to us for two years. Right. So they were bringing us advertisers that would buy the rest of the network buy them at 0% commission, but I was still right. able to make some margins by backfilling through referrals. Right. And that's the only way to do it. And that way. And oftentimes those, those networks get demonized for putting clauses like that in their contracts too. Yeah. Uh, because the podcaster wants to move on and they feel entitled. It's their show. It's their content. And they shouldn't have to pay anything to the network if they've left the network, right? Well, if they leave the so, network and get their own advertiser, they don't have to. In my my situation, they didn't have to pay zilch, right. zero. No, but what if the network built that show up, invested a lot of money into them, and then they just left and potentially took maybe some of that advertiser relationships with them? Well, I think that would be a different situation because we weren't. Yeah. We were, we as a, we were all podcasters cross promoting each other and building right. it that way. And then obviously I was the one bringing the ad deals, but you know, if I wasn't necessarily writing checks to invest in that right. show. So, right. but I know some are. So again, right. then you have to have that, you know, if I, I'm sorry, if I am going to write a check to help produce and promote, I, I'm getting right. a piece of that show. Right. That I'm going to have a piece of that for a long, long, long time. So, you know, I don't, why, why would you do anything different? That would be a very bad business move. Right. Well, yeah. Well, because you can't always trust <laughs> what well, people are going to do in the it, long run. Well, if, 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 a, if you're actually spending, if you're a network owner and right. you're actually truly spending thousands of dollars to help build a show, Right. Well, then there's, there's going to have to be, I'm not going to invest a penny in building a show unless I have a a piece in it. Right. And that's, that cuts, that cuts to the core here is it's about, it's around, I guess, relationships, business ethics, all this stuff. And if there isn't, I think you're, I think you're really tapping into something here, Todd, that maybe have been kind of doesn't get talked a lot about is, um, Things that have gone on, I think we've seen it here recently too, that um, erodes that trust relationship between um, networks and shows. Um, and, yeah. and my my agreement, see, my tech podcast thing is just an association of podcasters. We don't really have a right. hardcore agreement. People can come and go as they please. Right. And but if, if I'm going to build I, for my little network at Geek New Central, I get a couple of shows. I have a very simple right. one page agreement. It's very clear what your out is, what your right. expect is, you know, it's very, very simple. But if I was to go and build another network, something new, 
there would be, be owned and operated probably there right? there would be a six or seven page agreement a net you know network show agreement well todd would you be more likely to build a, a network now of shows that you own that you you contract the talent to come in and do those shows. no 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 no, no. who's okay rob it lives in want to send me well, over five or ten million dollars well that's that's what uh <laughs> that's what a lot of these networks are trying to do right yeah Is they're they're trying to own as many of their sure. shows as they can and there's high risk and you know you it, it, that's a great model it's being it's proved to work but then you need a whole different company makeup right I, I'm not a producer. I, I produce my own shows. I'm lucky they right. breathe as they do, you know, but I'm not, I'm not a creative type to go and say, let's do a show on X, Y, and Z. Well, some, some people or some networks are doing that. I've, I've seen, I, can't oh, I know think of one right, right, right off the top of my head, but I, I know, but they have wanting to own all the content. So they hire talent to come right. in and, but, and be the host. But they have creative people that know what type of shows they should be building. They have, you know, right. yeah, that's, and that's, that. there's real money there. And in that case, talent's talent. You're no better than, you're no different than a radio jock. So. Yeah. Right. And that's where you I think. You probably have editors and you probably sure. have uh, marketing people that yep. can promote the show. I mean, case in point, like a Wondery or. Yeah you know, iHeartRadio or whatever, and they're owned and operated, um, shows. It's what I saw at podcast one, but you know, it was always the shows that were, um, not owned by the network that were always the troublesome relationships. <laughs> so I've said it here on this show a hundred times, you know, you don't wind up on the list. You don't want to be a show that shows up on my do not spend money list or right. do not, do not run advertising list. Right. Because. I mean, what usually gets them on that list, Todd? What's the actions that they doing, typically doing take? some bullshit during the ad read or joking around an advertiser or not doing, not doing the host endorse spots the way they should not going on vacation during the middle of an ad campaign. I mean, it, the, 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 or not listening when you said, Hey, please do not do this. And then the next episode, you do it anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's another aspect that you just tapped into too, is people, um, have gotten used to doing their podcasts and having all the freedom to decide when they're going to do it, when they're not going to do it. Once you get into the advertising business, you kind of lose that. Oh, I, um, you know, ability to say, no, I'm not going to do a show today. When I, when I take a show off, I took uh, the geek in the central off on Thursday and the back of my brain, this little GoDaddy thing is sitting right here. Right. In the back of my brain, I'm like, I'm only going to deliver seven episodes this month instead of eight. What's that going to do to my performance? Right. I'm not under, I'm not obligated to deliver eight. I'm, de I'm obligated to deliver new customers. <laughs> right. It depends on the ad deal. Right. right. Yeah. And, and if I don't deliver that number of customers, they're going to be on the phone saying, Hey, what happened last month? I said, well, I took two episodes off. They don't care about that. I didn't deliver. So right. guess what I have to do the next month? <laughs> I got to make it up. 
I got, I got, I got to deliver. deliver more. You have to right, deliver more. Deliver more. Right. So for me, yeah, I can afford to take a couple of shows off here and there, and I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But I'm also in the system looking and saying, where are we at right now for the month? You know, so because right. I have a little bit of insight into performance, not 100%, about 50%. So I've got a pretty good idea where I'm going to end up. Not a lot of shows do. Right. They, they they don't have no insight on where they're at in a campaign. I'm lucky enough that right. I do because of the long-term relationship I have with GoDaddy. If if we had a sponsor on this show, no way could we miss. No way. So speaking of that, have you thought about trying to get a sponsor for this show? Any of you want to sponsor this show? I always tell podcasters the best place to ask for sponsors by announcing the show. Any of you want to sponsor the show? You, if you do, Rob and I are uh, open to it. I don't, I I don't think we're going to advertise like Podbean or Simplecast or anybody (laughs) like that. But if you've got a non-competitive product that doesn't interfere, Todd, you just did. (laughs) <laughs> well, we, we talk about all these folks all the time anyway, I but know we do. I know we do. you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'd be fired. <laughs> you, you ran an ad for who? And you did a host read for, uh, who? for who? Right. You're done. <laughs> go, right. go, go collect your unemployment check. You're fired. Right. Right. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> so the door hits hit you on the ass on the way out. Right. Oh my God. I can't even imagine heads would explode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I tell you what though, you want a sponsor? Hey, well, we, no, no, we hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on, this, hold on. This would be the first time. Yeah. Hey, anchor. <laughs> <laughs> now, now listen, Todd, be careful. <laughs> so if they came to us and said, We'll give you $25 million to run our, run a ad spot in one of your shows. <laughs> no, I would never do that. Right. Right. Never. But, wow. That's, well, you know, so I'd think I'd, 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 I'd have to, I'd have to go. <laughs> no, that's, you're not getting it for 25. So I, I would have to go to uh, the board of directors and say, okay, I'm going to do this one time. Uh, I'm going to give you, give the company half. Does that work? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, if someone serious, if someone wants to advertise on this show, I'm reaching about 15,000 podcasters an episode. So yeah, let us know. I'm sure <laughs> Google would be interested in something like that. And it's going to be, it's, and here's the thing. It's not going to be a CPM. It's going to be a flat rate. So right. you're not getting right. a CPM here. <laughs> right. Sponsorship. Because this has, this is a very valuable niche audience. Right. Yeah, it's true. And if we're going to present something to the audience, something that Rob and I would be willing to endorse, we're both going to have to agree. We like it. Yeah. And can sign off. It doesn't conflict with other things that we're doing. So (laughs) not too much of a conflict. anyway. Right. So yeah, if you're interested, drop us a, you know, drop us a note, you know, best thing to do. If you love the show, all you got to do is donate, you know, just donate to the show. There's a PayPal link on the, on the front of the website. Well, let's let's 
make a commitment. Maybe uh, we mention those donations when they come in. And yeah. if it happens to be a company, uh, we'll say something about them. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh, money, <laughs> if you are interested in becoming a podcast award sponsor, now is the time. Ah, so, that's true. Yeah, there's a whole, yeah. you, can, you can best of categories you can sponsor. There's lots of opportunities there to make an impression. And they're relatively inexpensive considering the type of traffic you get on that website. So, and the, the Ambi Awards are looking for sponsors too. So. How's that going? It's hard, it's isn't it? Or, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, uh, we should be announcing our nominee list here soon. So here, mid-month, I believe, something like that. Yeah. So I was going to, let me log in here real quick. Let's see if I can find it. And give you the totals for the 2020 season. Um, so as an example, okay, so um, from the time we announced the opening of the oh, so basically january 1st of 2020 until um september 30th or so we had about 10 million page loads on podcastwords.com and then from mm -hmm. september to or october to the end of the year you know the traffic goes way down but the search traffic to that site is pretty incredible and the outlinking is, is, is that's what blows me away every time is people come into a category and they go click, 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 click all 10 shows and subscribe to 10 shows right from within a specific category. But anyway, enough, enough begging for money. So, so I wanted to say I ordered a, a Roadcaster Pro. Oh, oh. And so I'll be able to, and I got the, the TRRS cable order too. So yeah. I'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to in the next couple of weeks, be able to do this show live on uh, clubhouse too. If we want to. Okay. So, so that that'll be, that's coming. Um, as far as our, our guests that we keep talking about, uh, those are getting pushed off until after the middle of the month. And one of the guests, I think we're, we're going to have to do a, a pre-recorded okay. um, audio. Uh, so it won't be live. So, right. uh, yeah. So Harold said, what about building a podcast network? It would be a YouTube like network for podcasters. Let the advertisers build their own dynamic ads against categories like YouTube does. Now, again, it's programmatic. I don't think it'll fly. Right. You know, it's not going to deliver the CPMs that. Yeah. I still think that the better model is the, uh, creating your own small network. Um, of shows that you own. I think that's the better model. Sean says, I got the first dibs on the raw voice private jet. Sean, we're going to have to have a, a bigger sponsorship than 25 million to get a, to get a jet. Sorry. Jets are expensive. Maybe we'll, maybe we can rent a jet for yeah, one hour. Can rent jets. Yeah. 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 Eh, we're coach eh. for everybody. It's called, it's called net jets, what they call it. Yeah. Well, I, I fly coach. <laughs> uh, so Rob, there's a, go there's ahead. a website out there that you can go in and yeah. you can, you can schedule a private jet. I live, I live in, uh, 
in the middle of nowhere. There is no private jets here. I have to drive two hours to get a private jet. And then, so if I'm at the airport, just fly commercial, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah no private oh, well. jets here. I am going to get my pilot's license. So that's, I'm going to spend my GI bill. Oh, you on. are going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to, I, fi I finally, awesome. finally made the decision to do it. So nothing else I can, maybe I have enough money to get a two seat, uh, two engine qualified. That's the goal. Well, Todd, the other thing that you have to do when you start going down that path is you got to get good insurance. insurance. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Airplanes are safe. I get robbed. I flew. Oh, they are. Huh? I, you know, okay. I, I, I did left-hand turns in combat zones with uh, people shooting um, old relic surface-to-air missiles with car batteries at me. So I am not worried. No, wow. no, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried. So did you learn how to fly when you were in the military? Nope. I sit in the back and run gear. Uh, okay. I have some stick time. You know, everyone that's, yeah. you know, that's in a multi-engine aircraft that is flies okay. as air crew. So, I, and I've got FA-18 time too, dual seat rag. Oh, I better explain what that means. The rag and then military means the training organization. So the training right. group. So I got, I've got probably 150 hours in dual seat FA-18s too. Mm-hmm. So that was back in 90, ooh, dating myself, 80, 40, 70, 80. Yeah, so like 80, well, when was it? Yeah, eight. so it had been like 88 to 90, just when the F-18 was starting to be introduced. So I was out at yeah. NAS Lamore. Nothing, nothing more exciting than going low and fast in a dual-seat F-18. So I got a little stick time in there too. Wow, okay. This whole story I, behind that. I've flown an airplane before too. I got on. I got got a little stick time too. Flight simulators. That's all you need. Flight right. simulators no, are near real. real. You yeah. see, you invest a little bit of money in a Microsoft flight simulator. Psh, you can. You. I'm serious. You can get almost to. I know. It's yeah. in some simulators. You can actually log, log time, training time. Well, I think you can even get the like the cockpit simulating with the hardware stuff too. Right, 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 the, right. Of course. Yeah, right, right. So, so you can really simulate it. Yeah, but you're going to spend big money to get there. So I, I, I keep noticing, Todd, and you probably know this too. There's definitely an explosion of new podcasting newsletters <laughs> yeah. that are being put out now. Have there you is. Noticed? Yeah. Everybody's got to have a newsletter now. Yeah, James. James, it's all your fault. Um, and everybody wants money. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, I think it's all, all good. So, so um, is it when you don't have a, a successful podcast, does that mean you now, I'm not saying James doesn't have a successful podcast because he oh, never, no. he created, he created a podcast because of his newsletter, but I'm right. saying is, is, you know, when, <laughs> okay, let me preface this before I piss everybody <laughs> off. We see a lot of consultants come into the podcasting space that are consultants well, because they have failed shows. Oh, they have to have another strategy. Yes. So they so they yeah. become consultants or production people because the show that they did didn't quite cut it. The right. person you're looking to connect with is a person that one has a successful podcast, number one. Right. Then you want to be able to to consult with that person if he has a successful show. Right. He, he's really done it. You know? Really done or it. Her or her right. yeah. or her. We yeah. can't be sexist right. on this. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely an upsurge in people 
wanting to build um, training communities right now, as well as um, newsletters about yeah. podcasting. People have been listening to this show. Yeah. So people are really, and, and, and I think it's, it's addressing a, a need, you know, and you're seeing podcast movement come out with their podcast movement university. Um, the emphasis on education and training and helping podcasters is just blossoming right now, but there's also a blossoming of misinformation oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's happening out there. I commented on Dave Jackson's, uh, Facebook post, uh, yesterday. He said he got a, some booking group sent him an email and right. he, he responded and, you know, you, you know who I am and, you know, do you think I need your services? And, you know, I do. And then they responded by sending this price list, <laughs> you know, so it's like tone deaf, get the right. customer at all cost. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a fan of booking services. If you can't book your own guest. Right. And reliance. Well, if you're a speaker, I've I've been a customer of those platforms before and got booked for a year on all sorts of different podcasts. But yeah, I mean it's it serves a purpose, but yeah, I'm just not I'm not doing it right now and I haven't for a couple of years now. So yeah. I have enough I, interviews that I get solicited. Yeah, exactly. To, I just get a natural flow of them coming yeah. in now anyway, so I don't really need to worry about trying to pay to have that marketed so i did see that spotify put out um some uh, some latest results of oh. what's going on with podcasts on their platform oh. and it says they've they're attributing 24 percent growth in um spotify subscribers uh because of podcasting so being added to the platform so okay interesting there um, <clears throat> i was interviewed by a reporter about a week ago and I really really wish this this uh re this interview uh results or the, the article was would be outside of a paywall I actually complimented the reporter because for the first time in a very very long time the reporter reported as I stated mm -hmm. in other Not words there was a, a change a little bit or tried to fit an agenda she just point by point by point by point really didn't take me out of context, quoted me correctly. I, I, I wrote her back and I, and it's, it's, it's Singapore. It's a Singapore daily newspaper. Okay. And I, I complimented her. I said, y you knocked this out of the ballpark. I'll be happy to talk to you anytime. Uh, right. because she did such a good job. I really wish I could have that as an example that wasn't behind a paywall that I could send to reporters. Um, it was truly a, a, a real piece. And if, if someone comes back to me on that article and I don't have any problem defending because right. she didn't misquote me and, um, it put everything right. within context. I, you know, once in a while you run into a true professional and that was, she was one. So, so did she record it? I don't know. I heard a clacking away as I was talking. So I know she was taking notes and okay. she must have, she didn't ask me to record. I assume anytime I'm talking to a reporter that I'm being recorded. I just assume that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah. So it, it I, I was very, very pleased and I submitted it to my team and even my other team members said, wow, he, she, you know, she got it right. It sounds like you. And, um, right. So, yeah. So, 
yeah, no agenda. And it was truly a, a an article that just kind of laid things out that was really going on in the space right now. So I was, I was very, very pleased with it. So what was the, the focus of the article? Uh, talking about, topic? you know, just about the podcasting space and big podcasters. They talked about the, uh, Prince Harry and, you know, all these big shows that have launched and then the big investments in podcasting. So I, you know, I, yeah. it is around that theme. And, uh, so I talked about it at length with that. And if every, you know, people listen to the show, they, they know how I responded already because, right. you know, again, it was replicating the formula of what we talk about here. Got a hair flying, a cat hair was flying through the air. Sorry for those of you watching. I didn't see it. Yeah. I went to grab it. <laughs> so I saw that the, the Nielsen, uh, podcast buying power service. Is, um, I guess announced that they've they're working with uh, three new organizations um, in the podcast advertising business: Active International, Ad Results Media, and Oxford Road. Those are those last two are more familiar yeah, to me. Than I know the last two. A Active International. I'm not sure who that is, um, but I think that's the that's the listener, um, you know, psychographic data yeah. data analysis i i know one thing though rob we got to get conferences going again i just feel like we're losing touch with podcasters i you know well the only place that i'm seeing it happen really effectively is in well it's it's <laughs> happening over there is in clubhouse right but again now. it's the same faces same names it is it is yep. so yeah. and it's not always terrific information being shared either, but, um, there's some good, there's some good people out there. You know, I'm, I've been complaining about it. So I guess right. maybe it's time, you know, to, you know, the best way is shit or get off the pot. So maybe it's time for me to, uh, you know, start a room and just, you know, try it for an hour and see who comes well, in and we're going to do it with this show, yeah. I think. Well, so, good. you know, th that would be, uh, a good avenue. That's, proactive for us to mm -hmm. contribute to that community in a positive way. So how does um, that work with the, you being the control board, you would be on the panel. I would not be able to be on the panel because I'm going to be talking through this mic. So what do I do? Well, Come I'm going to be my... talking through this mic too. So it's just a matter of, uh, you would hear everybody from clubhouse through your headphones. But how would I, I guess I would just have to come in clubhouse and silence my phone. Right. And you could see who's in the room. And right, could, right, right. You could click on their little icon and see there who they are, if they're speaking or whatever. So, yeah. And that that's something I would have to manage here. So, All right. M Meg is having an event. Meg is actually in our chat room right now. She says, you are on the clubhouse schedule. So we're going to be on the, the 13th. 13th. Right. That's a week from today at 3 p.m. Eastern, I'm hoping. Is that right? Like can't remember here. Let's see here. Uh, she, she, she's exact? going to confirm with us, but I think it's 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see here. It took, it, me, it took me forever to find that event stuff that you're talking about. I was clicking everything. Too. Yeah. It's, it's at 3 p.m. Pacific, oh. 6 p.m. Eastern. Oh, man. I'm going to have to change my schedule again. Hmm. Okay. That's the 13th. It's, 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 
The title is How to Start and Grow a Podcast. All right. So that's our opportunity. For an hour we're going to be on. Are, are you going to patch it in with this or are we just going to, I would assume we're just going to go in with our phones on that. Yeah, we'll just go in. Go. I mean, I'm going to go in with my MV7. I'm going to use my MV7 mm. um, um, microphone with it. Um, have but, you been testing? Yeah. Have, you, have you played yeah, with that I, already? What's that? Have you used your MV7 with the... With Clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that uh, the MV7 um, doesn't work with the Twitter Spaces platform, though. Hmm. So I I plugged that into the lightning port on my iPhone, did, and the whole thing goes silent. <laughs> so did you have, did it come with the right cable to do that, or did you have to order a cable with your MV7 to make it work with your iPhone? Yeah, I had to use that, uh, the adapter that Apple makes that, that basically enables you to plug it into your computer. So, oh, so you, you ordered, uh, you had to order a cable then. Yeah. It has like a USB connection on the bottom of it as well as a lightning port connection for power. So I can have power going into the phone the same time I have the, the two way audio. So what'd you do? Just hook the USB into a brick to keep the phone charged or. Uh, yeah. Into like a USB port or something like that. Yeah. I got you. Yep. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I have it back back behind you there. It's it's got like one of those little um, car phone holders that's yeah. attached to the thing, so I can have the phone right right in front of me. So I'm going to Apple right now, and what what is that cable called? Um, well, here it's here. Mac, iPad, watch, music, and uh, support. I need. Accessories. Where do you find accessories on the Apple website? Whoops. This is it right here. Oh, let me see. Okay, I what's what's on the other? Oh, I I've got one of those. All right. So it's got a fire. Oh, I got you. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. It, I have. It's got one. a full uh, USB. So it's a lightning port on one side, USB slash fire on the. Oh, Other yeah. side, right. right. And then you use the and then you use the cable that came with the MX seven, the MV seven, MV seven, right. Mm. right. And it plugs right in, and it it takes the audio in and out. But I do have to listen on my earpods. Right. So how do you? Oh, so you? Oh, that's weird. So I can talk talk into the microphone, and it goes in. But then when I'm listening to the audio, I'm on my earpods. Hmm. Which is which actually works pretty good because I can move around a lot more. Gotcha. All right. So well, that's, that's uh, yeah. I'm going to use the same thing, um, the same adapter with uh, the um, the Rode Procaster as well. All right, I got you. Yep. Well, it gives me a reason maybe to uh, you know buy an MB7. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, you own what a um, what a Q two U by chance, or I, I use yeah, I've got a uh, like ATR, or ATR like or something, that. yeah, yeah. I'm to, sure that'll work with it. Seeing too. I haven't been traveling, I have to go find the stupid thing. Yeah, I have them back behind me there. Yeah, I can grab one anytime. But yeah, I have too many microphones, but that's okay. 
<laughs> I was thinking about getting a getting maybe trying out a different microphone at some point, and that would be like a shotgun mic. You know, here's the thing about shotgun mics. Um, you can spend a lot of money on them and really screw up how you use them. I've got two or three here. Uh, oh, you do? Yeah, that I've used with camcorders or with, you know, with, with uh, you know, recording my, on my pro cameras that I've got. Yeah, that's and, what I was thinking of attaching it to my um, my teleprompter here and have it pointed right at me. So Yeah, again, you've you got to be right on it. So I'm oh, just, you do? Well, I it, thought you well, had, you know, it's, you it's, could be back from it. Always. You can, but it's a, you, you know, you can experiment. Um, it's an expensive experiment though. That's the well problem. buy from uh, B and H and they have a return policy. Do they? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, just, or Amazon buy from Amazon you can return anything to Amazon. Yeah, I just wonder if it would have the same audio quality as um, doing this. No, it's going to sound different. Well, it sounds. Yeah, yeah, it'll sound different. I've I've got th probably three of them in my in my secure locker over here. So I've only so used them. So you got them so you could like hang them over you. Like, no, believe it or not, like, I use I only used them once. I used them at a trade show once, and then everything else we laved up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a lab here too. That so that I think you're going to be to find a better solution than this. I mean, I have been look, looking at those cheek mount mics thinking that that might be an interesting thing to try, but I think you'll be well pleased with, um, with the one of those ear ones, the one that I showed you from, uh, starts with a C. Uh, what is the name of that company? Countryman. Countryman. I think you'll be well happy with one of those. Now they're wired and you're going to have yeah. to have a, a cord long enough to run over. Not, to my not only that, you're going to have to have an inline amplifier in it too. So. What? Like a cloud lifter? Yeah. And you got to write the, you got to, you got to buy the right one because I believe the countrymen are. Well, I do have this well, unit there, here. There's two types of, of cloud lifters. Okay, um, I do have this for my Audio-Technica um, uh, lavalier. Yeah. And I believe it takes, I believe it takes phantom power. I think that's what, I think the Countryman, you have to check the Countryman website, but I believe they take a, I've got two of those Countrymans. I believe they take phantom power. I think they're required. Yeah. So it's interesting to play around with these things and f figure out something that works. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like this in my face all, all the time for everything I do. Well, I, I think you'd be happy with the countryman, be honest with you. I, that's the closest I have found to this because I've experimented with everything here in the studio. Yeah. Right. And use, and, and matter of fact, maybe I can do the show from the other studio one time where I'm standing. It might be a good, good, it's just easy to sit for 90 minutes, but I might be able to do one from the other studio at some point and we just play around. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I think that the countryman is the thing I, cause I was, I tried, uh, what did I try? I tried the lavalier. I just didn't right. like the quality. I really yeah, I didn't. didn't. And yeah. Yeah, I think I only use it occasionally for my conference calls that I do when I don't want this in my face. Right. 
So I think, and those, those are skin tone color. So they, they hide pretty well. Yeah. You can still see them though. Yeah. You can still see them, but it's less, less intrusive. Right. It is less. So maybe I'll try to use it on this show one time. Maybe I'll just do it right here with it and see how it sounds. Yeah. You could do that. If you could do that. Yeah. Do you have to use a, a, you know, like a wireless pack with it though? No. No, it's hardwired, and it's weighted. Matter of fact, so are you close enough to the mixer to be able to put it in? Rob, I told you there's 500 pounds of cables above my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I ran from the mixer up into the ceiling, over and down into the next room. I ran oh. along, ran a long oh, enough XLR. Yeah, but did you run a cable for that studio too? Yeah, to actually it, do that. Oh yeah, you... that whole studio is wired for Skype. Everything I can replicate. Okay. The only difference is I don't have the TriCaster switcher here, so I have right. to switch via iPad, have an iPad plugged in, or laptop better, wired laptop, right. and I can switch from the from the table over there that way. But the only difference is I'm standing. And then you come in over my shoulder just like you're doing now on or right next to me on a monitor. In the yeah, other on that room. monitor behind you, right. So it might be fun to do it, you know, have us do it. Maybe I'll try to do that on Wednesday is okay. go live from over there. Okay. It's just me running back and forth, getting everything set up and then, you know, jumping over right. there. It's going to look a little weird. Right. So, and, uh, so it see. says, does the MV seven headphone port work when connected to the iPhone? That's a question, Rob. What, what was that? Say the question. Again. So does the MV seven headphone port work when connected to the iPhone? I have not experienced that yet. I okay. think I tried it once and it didn't work. So what so, do you do? Are you putting your MB7 on this mount? Of course you're not. Uh, yeah, so I'll 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 actually be able to with the with the Rode Procaster Live, I'll be able to do the whole show on this mic. I understand that, but when you do Clubhouse now, how are you doing it? Are you just have a mic stand? Yeah, I just have a mic. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually see it right there. Okay. And that can go That's, anywhere in uh, the house then. You can just be sitting at a table and or at the couch and Right. It doesn't it doesn't the 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 iPhone actually powers it. Oh, so, so that's why the, you that's all, why you need the battery. All the lights. Yeah, all of the lights on the top part of the mixer that you that has the touch screen. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's all activated by the power out of the iPhone. So that's why you have to have a separate US that's why you have to have a separate power supply to keep your to keep the phone charged. Phone phone charge. I mean I mean if I have a full battery, it's not a big deal. Oh okay. I, I don't have to keep it plugged in. Mm-mm. I got it. Yep. Hmm. So but yeah, it is really, really mobile, the whole thing. Yeah, I could do it from anywhere. Well, that's very, 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 very cool. Yep. And I do think that uh, more and more, we're going to be recording podcasts in our mobile devices. Yeah. Know, did we talk about this on a prior episode? No. Where where I think that the Mac OS is going to go away. Um, uh, it's going to be re- replaced by iOS yeah, in we'll the long see. run. Uh, uh, little by little. 
And I believe that Google, Chrome, uh, Android are going to merge into one operating system. Yeah, and, again, I'm not and holding I know my that breath. Microsoft is playing around with uh, building Windows on top of Android right now. Um, their new um, Surface Duo is a hybrid Windows uh, UI on top of uh, Android. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see how those three core operating systems and M- Microsoft is starting to develop more um, portable mobile devices now. You know that that duo is kind of, is is a phone basically. Right. So you can start to see them enter re-entering the mobile market as the operating systems converge. So, hmm. yeah, that's, I can see all these technologies converging into one on, at all the companies. Um, the question gets back to is what's the future of the web, the world wide web, HTTPS. What's the future of that? It's good. Not going anywhere. And the reason I say that in contrast with apps and I think we're seeing a lot of tension around uh, control of apps now, right, by these yeah. big companies, where the web <clears throat> breaks that control. Well, believe me, we're all trained like sheep to go to all these social media sites and... All right. Yeah. So. I, it's, it's a big, 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 big problem. <clears throat> yeah. So. The web is always the equalizer, isn't it? It is. So, anyway, what else is going on in the news? What's that? What else is going on in the news? Anything oh, else? What else is going on? Uh, I guess the the New York Times said that they made thirty six million dollars in twenty twenty on uh, advertising and podcasts. And they said it was up or a little bit or down or something. Uh, it says was up 7 million total advertising revenue for the business declined by 20% though. Huh? So it's, it's their only growth area. It looks like. So let's see here. What else did James put in his newsletter? That was interesting. Hmm. The uncertain future of podcast covering Donald Trump. <laughs> oh yeah, they're out of business because there's nothing to talk about no more. Right. Um, well, they could. They, I, I guess they could start talking about Biden, but will they? No, I think they will. He's he's going to have controversy around him. I'm sure. I think it's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. That's why I was, I was joking with you. Um, and let's see, what else is going on? I think we didn't talk about some other stuff. In, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess more apps are now now supporting podcast 2.0 tags. So Yeah. I saw something like with Pocket Cast uh, added a couple. And Podcast Attic now supports the new location tag, mm-hmm. well, which is an interesting thing. I, mean, I think the location think tag is very, for me, the location tag is very, very valuable. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Oh, I my. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think it is a good idea. Because uh, it's what we're, what, what we're up against now is when media buyers come and say, I want to buy Australia. I'm like, uh, okay, I don't really know what shows are in Australia for sure. 
or, you know. Right. But I think here over the next couple of weeks, we're we're definitely going to see things heat up around these, the social audio space. I mean, everybody's chiming in, everybody's giving their opinion. And even Tom Webster did a newsletter on Clubhouse and he was a little, little critical of them. As I have been. Yeah. And, uh, as soon as they open it up, right now it's a small, large, but yet small number of people that are participating. Well, right. It's Well, I heard it's growing by 20,000 users an hour. Hmm. So that's, I would consider that to be exponential growth. Well, they've been, they've, they've uh, built a scarcity model. Right. I do, I do have some invites right invites. now to, to Clubhouse. So, you know, if you want a Clubhouse invite, I think, what do I need? Their telephone number or their email address? I think I need telephone a number. telephone number. So if anybody wants, I, I think I've got three or four. So if anybody wants one, just send me an email, Todd at Blueberry.com. And first come, first serve, I'll, I'll send you whatever Clubhouse invites I've got. Got to follow me, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you're actually only given like three invites and those are sporadic. Oh, I've gotten, continue to get, I think I've got probably up to 10 at this point. I've gotten a lot of invites. I've, I'm getting, giving them away. I think they give them to you as you give them away. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I went through a, probably almost two or three weeks without any invites available to give so away. May, so maybe now they're just opening it up a little bit more and trying to. Right. Yeah, I think it was growing maybe a little too fast because I was noticing that they, they were having some performance issues. Oh. The, yeah, I don't know if we talked about the Pacific um, content article about them. I don't know if we talked about No, I don't think maybe so. Maybe we talked about it or not, but how Clubhouse maps closer to talk radio than it does to podcasting as far as the type of medium that it is. Hmm. He – keep basically put like a checkbox thing of different characteristics of podcasting and the same characteristic with clubhouse and it's exact inverse of each other. Hmm. So he's saying that, um, uh, clubhouse's audio quality is, is not very good, but audio quality and podcasting is good is, um, content in clubhouse on demand. Uh, no, is it on demand with podcasting? Yes. Is it a narrative format typically? Um, Clubhouse? No. Podcasting? Yes. Uh, does it have the ability of an immersive theater, like theater of the mind type of experience? Clubhouse? Not. Podcasting? Yes. Hmm. And uh, is it li- is podcasting live? Well, I guess w- we're an example of a crossover show, right? Right. That does both. Um, Clubhouse is live. Podcasting is usually pre-recorded. Right. And is it socially uh, interactive? Um, podcasting, typically, it's been a weak spot for podcasting for years. We're probably more socially interactive on this show because we can see what's comments are happening on social. Right. Um, Clubhouse is totally socially interactive. I mean, that's the whole point of it. Um, is it topical and reactive? Um, podcasting typically is not so much. It's a little bit delayed typically, depending on if you're doing a show like we are, where clubhouse can be totally topical reactive, uh, in real time. So and we've seen that here over the last yeah couple of weeks. Yeah. Sean asked, 
is the science project worth it to have improved audio for Clubhouse? Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, maybe, maybe so. Maybe that's not the point. Hmm. Maybe using fancy microphones with it is kind of well. No one knows. No one knows. Right. No one knows you're using a fancy microphone. They can't see you. Well, that and does the does the encoding on their end <laughs> really make it any better? Oh, I'm I, sure they're reducing the quality on that bad right. you know, with the growth they're having. They're pro- they're probably running it <laughs> at 30 kilohertz or something. Yeah, I don't know what their what their bit rate is on their listener experience side over there. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Hmm. Is it worth even trying to use a better quality microphone? That's a good question. Yeah. But I know that Twitter Spaces doesn't even support a higher quality microphone plugged into the, the lightning but that's port. That's weird that it doesn't because, well, it must be Clubhouse made their app to be able to see that. Yeah. I, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Huh. I mean, the first time, this was like two or three weeks ago, I got pulled into a Twitter Spaces account. I couldn't hear or say anything in the app. It, it just wouldn't even work with my iPhone. Wow. I mean, I could visually see things going on with yeah. the space, but I couldn't actually say anything or hear anything. Hmm. Was, so that was very early, I guess, in their development. Right. But, yeah. Anyway. So I does think, that MX-7 mount the same way these do? The MV-7? MV-7, um, yeah. Does it mount the yeah, same way? The yeah. Sh- yeah, it's got the same, exactly, almost identical, same kind of mount. I got you. Yeah. It doesn't uh, attach the the XLR here. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking that, I, you know, here's, here's the geek in me. So I, I'm going to be on the couch. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, a common way of doing it is with your earpods, right? Right. But if I'm going to be on the couch and I want to have a good mic in front of me, you know, to, to speak into this thing, I, I'm going to have to have a different type of uh, mic stand because I don't want to, you know, if I'm if you're going to sit for two or three hours just jawing, and there's right. no reason. I mean, to you want to be comfortable. Yeah, you want to be comfortable. So you're going to have to have a some sort of mic stand that will work when you're sitting in the couch. <laughs> well, I hear a lot of people joining these rooms from, and I think I've said this before, um, from their car or from the grocery store or in the kitchen. You know, I could hear people in the past chopping vegetables while they're, <laughs> you know, things like that <laughs> while they're talking. So, right. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, we will give this a try uh, sometime. <laughs> not exactly sure when I'm getting my roadcaster, but it's going to be here probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Make sure you do some long, like I said, some, oh, you're on a PC anyway. You're not on a Mac. Yeah. So yeah, I've had my yeah, roadcaster some, dropping off recently in my Mac. I don't know why. So I'll do some testing with it before we yeah, obviously, try, yep. try and do it live. All right. Well, this is going to bring us to the end. We're at 90 minutes. And, yeah. uh, wow, we've been all over the place today. But we uh, have. I was able to get the main topic I wanted to talk about was networks. So that was a yeah. big key to today. So uh, got, yeah. that, got that busted out. Rob, uh, how can they reach you? 
on on Twitter, uh, I guess on, on Clubhouse, I should say that too. It's my my Clubhouse address is the same as my Twitter address, so just at Rob Greenley, mm-hmm. and uh, I can also be reached via email, Rob G at Lipson.com. I think mine's my actual name on Clubhouse. I think it's at Todd Cochran or something. Yeah. So yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, most people don't know what the hell at Geek News Geek News is, but yeah, it's right. hold over. All right, everyone. Uh, Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter and uh, at Todd Cochran on Clubhouse. <laughs> God help me. Anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for being here. We appreciate y'all being on, and uh, we'll be back with you at on Wednesday at uh, three p.m. Eastern. And I right. uh, hope you'll join us there. I was a little late in getting the last episode out, so I apologize about that. It is up in the feed now. Uh, so I just, uh, actually what I did is I had a senior moment. I forgot. So. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Anyway, hey, it's always available on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else we're at. Oh, yeah. So. It's always out there. But yep. all right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.